Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. here with you on the BetQL Network. So much good stuff coming up over the next three hours of the show. We will continue uh, breaking down week one. Uh, it moved, where the lines stand, where they've moved already, and where we think the lines are going to. Felt, 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 felt really good. Felt great. Yeah. Felt great. Yeah, uh, and, and in typical You Better You Bet fashion, we, uh, <laughs> we did... We did like two games in two segments, and we're not even done with the second game yet. We have to touch on the no. total in the Falcons-Panthers game coming up. We'll do that um, after we're done with the whale capper Drew Densick coming up in a little bit. But eight buckets is on the way. We'll talk the New York Jets and their schedule for this year, a win total analysis for Aaron Rodgers and Gang Green. John Heyman will join us one hour from now, Odyssey Sports Major League Baseball insider, baseball columnist for the New York Post, works for the MLB Network to talk Major League Baseball trade deadline. Myself, Ken, and Jake will give you our takes on the trades we've seen thus far in Major League baseball and bets that we would consider making power hour final hour coming up uh, last hour of the show all of our bets for tonight in major league baseball and any of our bets united states and portugal in the women's world cup as our our ladies just need to win or draw and they advance on to the, the knockout round as they uh, look to three-peat as women's world cup champions uh whale will join us in just a moment here ken while we have a couple seconds want to touch on this total in this panthers falcons game yeah, and where sure. we sit right now with uh looks like it's coming down a little bit right yeah, so the uh, the total opened, I wanted to make sure I just get the number right, 43, I'm pretty sure it was the opener. I have it right here. Uh, yeah, total in the market, most places opened, yeah, like 43. And there have not been many totals that have even seen like a full point of movement on the under from like the open in a bunch of places. Most of the totals have stayed really similar. This is one that has gotten bet under, so it's just like... It's kind of funny, right? Because you, you do kind of like conceptualize the game. So forget like making a number, like modeling, whatever that, even just like thinking about the game. You go, all right. Number one pick in the draft on the road in his first career start versus Desmond Ritter and number one pick in the draft with like not much offensive talent around him too on the road at Desmond Ritter. And like there was an argument on Twitter today about like whether Ritter was actually playing as poorly as the Twitter videos indicated. And it's like it was a really funny conversation. Just like I think people just have questions. I think it's okay to have questions. See, but those two quarterbacks in the same game. What do you think kind of people are going to like in the game? And sometimes sometimes it's honestly kind of that easy. It's just like, which way is it more likely to go? Well, oh, it's Bryce Young at Ritter? Down. That's kind of, That might be where it's more likely to go. It doesn't even have to be the right answer. So we've got questions, and hopefully our guest right now may have some answers for us, and that is the whale capper, Drew Densick. Uh, you know him from the NBC Sports Edge. You love him on the Deep Dive Pod. You follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Uh, well, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken back in the saddle here with you. My friend, how's it going? Yes, it's doing well. It's a magnificent Monday. I loved Ken's breakdown and uh, tend to agree. I think uh, market will push that uh, total down. Uh, let me see what let me see what I make that number. Just out of curiosity, I, I'm very bullish on Atlanta's defense. Uh, I think they made all of the right personnel moves, and while there's some older 
players on that roster now and you maybe worry a little bit about slippage and uh you know just regression uh due to age but uh i uh yeah i am uh right now 20 to 17 uh, is my my modal outcome here for atlanta over carolina week one uh so i make that total 37 so decent edge for me on the under at 42 and a half and uh uh, I I am just excited that the Twitter has decided on Desmond Ritter's future on you know July thirty yeah. first based on you know a handful of clips from training camp like that like the, like Ritter stinking in camp means so little in the grand scheme of things for the Falcons. I don't think there is a single quarterback in the NFL who is under less pressure and is going to have to ask to be asked to do less than Desmond Ritter this year. Uh, I mean, like there's, he literally just has to not fumble the snap. I feel like for most, um, you know, know, he just has to be able to get the call in, uh, you know, get the team to snap the ball before getting a delay of game. Uh, And, you know, the skill position group around him is so strong. And uh, I think all the defensive additions they made were really, really solid. So, um, and oh, by the way, their schedule incredibly weak. So uh, this could be one where people are beating their head against the the wall. Like he's the 32nd best quarterback. How do they keep winning? And the answer is, you know, they have a very weak schedule and a, a very decent defense. So, well, I'm, I'm going to guess Nick and I were talking about maybe we like Carolina if it went to three and a half. Sounds like you're kind of, you know, in the a popular pro Atlanta camp. And to be fair, like the win total is getting bet up and they're getting bet. So you're kind of on the right side of things in terms of maybe how you see Atlanta's season shaping up. Is there another, aside from Carolina, Atlanta, because I think we got some good analysis on that game. Is there another week one side, just because today Nick and I are kind of going through basically the entire board for week one, just updated thoughts, things we're thinking about. It's been, you know, probably about a month, maybe more since we've talked about these games and probably since we talked to you about these games. Is there another side in week one that you're still staring at being like, I think that's a really valuable bet or I think the market has that team wrong? Ooh, uh, yeah, there's two obvious ones uh Bengals Browns is is pretty fun to talk about obviously it's the you know questions swirling about the availability and um just the general sharpness uh, of Joe Burrow in that game if he plays uh, I think is is you know has really affected that market and uh it's fun to talk about what is a quarterback worth particularly when you're you know hovering around some of these key numbers um and uh I would make that one a flat minus three for Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow uh, and I'm at uh, a juicy minus three for the Browns uh, if Burrow is unavailable in that game. Uh, so I think he's worth about 6.6 and change to uh, what you expect the Bengals to score in that one, um, which means the total would go from something like, for me at least, uh, you know, 50, 51 uh, would be my fair total in that one. So I was looking at that one as an over potential. Uh, spot and it turns immediately into a, a pretty clear under look uh, with a big swing to uh, uh, you know based on Burrow's availability. So uh, really fun one because that really sets up a lot of things in an AFC North that uh, is super competitive this year. Um, the other Week One game that uh, has my attention uh, and I have a bet down on a side already is the Pittsburgh Steelers against the San Francisco Forty Niners. Um, don't love what the 49ers are doing in terms of camp reps here for the various quarterbacks. I'm expecting that's going to be a Brock Purdy start and he's going to have had, um, you know, somewhat of a broken camp just because of the limitations of how much he can play um, coming off of the elbow surgery. So it's to me is a pretty nice spot for uh, Steelers to get a home win. And I think that one ought to be closer to a pick them just based on, you know, kind of the various factors there. I think San Francisco is a bet on as you go through the season, surely, and Purdy gets healthier and their schedule gets softer. 
Um, but uh, fun, fun plus money price on Pittsburgh on the money line uh, uh, week one has got my attention. You better, you better hear it. Nick and Ken, Magnificent Football Monday, talking the NFL with our good friend, the Whale Capper, Drew Densick, on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Uh, well, the Denver Broncos have been in the news a lot as of late, whether it was last week, head coach Sean Payton, Rippin, former Broncos head coach, current Jets offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers throwing barbs their way. By the way, they play in week five. Get your popcorn ready. Can't wait for that. And it looks, unfortunately, like earlier today on this Magnificent Football Monday, not magnificent for Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick, feared to have been lost for the season with a torn Achilles. This is a team, again, in the news big time right now. And uh, Sean Payton obviously brings a lot of media scrutiny and attention. Win total sitting at eight and a half. There are minus, it looks like they're going to be three and a half against the Raiders coming up in week number one. Maybe even a little bit more than that um, against Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Where do you stand on the Broncos this year? Win total at BetMGM sitting at eight and a half and more than a three-point favorite in week one against Las Vegas. Yeah, it's a fun handicap because it's very abstract to try to put a quantitative number to how much a coach is worth. Um, and I don't think anyone would disagree. Notably, Sean Payton would not disagree that there, there was not a, a bigger upgrade at head coach going than going from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton uh, in the NFL this year. And, um, and I think Payton, to me, is a clear like, okay, in the long arc of things, you know, bet on the Broncos being competitive sooner than rather than later. Sure. You, you want to buy stock in this team and say at some point in the next three years, Peyton's going to have this turned around. Sure. Uh, as I look at the roster as it's currently stands though, uh, the offensive side of the ball looks pretty suspect to me. And I think even if you get a revived Russell Wilson to where he's performing above, you know, league average, if he's in like the you know, 11, 12, 13, best quarterback in the NFL, which I think is a pretty, you know, pretty conservative range to expect him to do this year. Um, he's still behind a pretty suspect offensive line. I have them, you know, kind of borderline bottom. They're clearly bottom 10 for me, borderline bottom five, particularly the interior offensive line, their skill position group, uh, you know, as noted with the absence of Patrick on top of it was, it was already a bottom five skill position unit. And I think that just hurts them that, you know, that much more. So, um, there's not a lot I think that Peyton's going to be able to get out of this offense with the personnel he's working with. Um, but their team is going to be in a ton of games because they have the best secondary in football. Uh, I think Patrick Sertan is probably co number one cornerback uh, with Sauce Gardner right now um, by my player rankings. And then the other guys on that uh, first string secondary are awesome. Uh, and it's, you know, there are questions about the pass rush, but the defense is going to be good enough uh, to keep you in almost every game, particularly the ones that are being played at mile high. So um, I think the Broncos probably get out to a pretty solid start here with two home games against uh, the Raiders and the uh, Commanders in weeks one and two. Uh, and then I think they're going to be a pretty awesome sell high uh, week three as they head to Miami. So um I'm fair back in the Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fair uh, back in the Broncos uh, at home early in the season, but uh, we'll look for opportunities to sell on them aggressively where I think their offense just can't get much going. Well, we got a, a couple minutes left. Why don't we ask you about the other team involved there, the Jets. This can kind of be the Jets version of the show or edition of the show because Nick and I are going to go through their schedule later. Nick and I haven't talked about the Jets very much, but I think we both just came away from our own analysis being like, Obviously, a team with a ton of upside. How, how, you know, do we think this is a team that can win the Super Bowl? Do we think this is a team that can at least win the AFC East, which would be tough to do because the Bills are the favorite? Nine and a half juiced over consensus win total in the market right now on the Jets. Obviously, Rodgers in the news changes teams, takes the pay cut, but also like 
blast Sean Payton, defense's own offensive coordinator. They added some some of his buddies to play wide receiver, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Uh, the Jets, nine and a half in a couple minutes. What do you think? Yeah, only CZ downside really with this schedule in particular. Um, the I have basically you know nothing nothing bad to say about the way that they uh, shape the defensive personnel on this roster. It's a really really good defense on paper. Uh, Robert Saul is going to get the most out of this unit. They're going to be in games. They're not going to get blown out. Like this is going to be a competitive team. They face the absolute most horrific string of quarterbacks out of the gate that I think you probably could have drawn up. Um, and just in, you know, and oh, by the way, a, a, a string of difficult defenses as well. Uh, and, you know, first six weeks heading into their bye, um, I could see them losing all of these games um, just on the basis of how good the defenses are they're going against. And then a handful of these quarterbacks are going to have to face. So, um, you know, best of luck getting off to a good start this season. Uh, and, you know, it's their schedule softens up, particularly once you get into the months, uh, you know, November, December. Um, but, you know, if you combine some expectation that it takes a little while for uh, Aaron Rodgers to adjust to the new setting, uh, adjust to a Nathaniel Hackett called offense, which we actually have not ever seen. Uh, and I think, you know, you combine that with how difficult their opening six weeks are. Um, this is an easy team to just be patient, let things kind of, uh, you know, materialize. If you want to, you know, start buying them uh, around Halloween and bet on them a number of times down the stretch, if the market gets too aggressive in selling on this team, then uh, that's a perfectly fair approach. But um, I think realistically, their ceiling for me is nine or 10 wins with this horrific schedule. Uh, and uh, I definitely see a tail to the to the poor uh, based on some of the questions I have about the offensive coordinator. Well, about 20 seconds to go. You mentioned that you lean under. Maybe you're going to end up betting the under in that Panthers-Falcons game. Is there another total that you're currently eyeing for week one in the National Football League in about 20 seconds? Yeah, I think uh, Commander's Cardinals total should be in the mid thirties. <laughs> that one doesn't make any sense to me. At what all. do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it should be in the mid thirties? Cold McCoy mean, revenge Hill? game. Co Col yeah. Cold McCoy revenge game. Uh, they're gonna pound James Conner into into the a line that can't run block. Uh, I, I I mean this is. The 32nd best offense for the Arizona Cardinals on paper going up against the top five defense, particularly a top five defensive line. Uh, everything about this screams disaster for Arizona getting a touchdown in this game. <laughs> so uh, not going to feel shy about betting under uh, in the under 40 in uh, Cardinals commanders. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you had to love it. Calamity Gannon coming out and saying, yeah, we can't <laughs> yeah. wait to like run James Conner behind this offensive line and let him grind up the middle of the field. You know what awesome. that to me? Calamity. You know, Cardinals is going to need the golden bow. They're not going to get it, though. Maybe it'll be Caleb Williams next year. Uh, Will, we love you, man. We appreciate you coming on, as always, my friend, on Twitter at Whale or X, whatever, at Whale underscore Cap or NBC Sports Edge Deep Dive Pod. Stay, stay well. Enjoy the final remnants of summer here. We'll catch up with you soon here on You Better You Better. All right. Best luck, guys. All right, the great Drew Densick here with us on You Better You Bet. You think, is, is Whale a Zelda guy, you think? I think he got, he laughed at Calamity Ganon. Well, it's just, it's a funny, even if you didn't play Zelda, and you just hear somebody call Jonathan Ganon Calamity Ganon, you're just How like. How good is that? Yeah, actually, <laughs> and he might be, I mean, he might be Calamity Ganon. How would we even know? These guys that are just like never be, coached. Yeah, it's, I don't like, know. This is, it's like Desert Blight Ganon, you know, <laughs> playing Arizona. Awesome. Maybe they're Thunderbolt Gannon in week one. All right, all right, mm. all right, all right. Coming up next, we continue breaking down week one of the National Football League. We head to Baltimore for the Ravens and the Texans.